What's going on, everyone? It's Mike Sleater at the My Two Wheel Life podcast. It is September 7th, and I'm on the Gold Coast of Australia just doing the thing. Last week, I uh, did one of my uh, first couple solo podcasts, and I had some pretty good feedback, so I'm going to rip through it again on my own solo. Um, and before we get into me ripping it solo, i got to give it up to my sponsors that make this podcast possible. First and foremost, MX Store. Uh, MX Store is the home of the largest range of parts and accessories in Australia. I call this place home from 8 to 5, and i uh, got to give it up to them. Amazing company doing amazing things for the sport of Australia. Um, we're, we're on a tear, you know, we're doing the dose of dirt bi-weekly. I recommend anyone that is listening to this podcast that wants to get some quick 20 minutes of your dose of dirt on two wheels, check out MX Stores, MX Stores YouTube, hit that notification bell, subscribe because bi-weekly we'll be giving you our dose of dirt with Dylan O'Keefe and fellow team member Jenna Slavin. Um, a lot of fun going last week we touched on ISDE. Um, pro motocross and kind of a lot of things I touch on this podcast, but more, more of a quick snippet on YouTube. So check it out. Maxxis tires. I choose Maxxis tires on my gas cast 450 and my son uses them on his MC 65 as well as my MC 125 as well as my intense cycles are mounted with Maxxis tires. Maxxis tires are used by the one and only Jeremy McGrath, the king of supercross and Axel Hodges, multi-time X Games champion, um, as well as Alex Ray with SPG. I'm sorry, that team he rides for, gosh. Um, and, man, at Max's Tires, great company to be a part of, especially here in Australia. Very aggressive company, um, doing cool things for the sport of two wheels. Um, if you haven't tried a Max's Tire, I recommend you do. If you're in Oz, Get over to MX Store. Get your tires. We have them in stock. I personally love the ST front and rear. Great for lonely conditions, sand, amazing compound. Really a true soft drain tire. So get over to your local retailer. Get yourself a set of Maxxis tires wherever you're at in the world. Intense Cycles. Intense Cycles is one of my personal sponsors as well. And I get to do some great work with them, you know, setting up dealers, um, supporting them at events. I'm talking to consumers. It's a great company to be a part of, especially as the brand is being rebuilt here in Australia. My two favorite bikes are, honestly, I bought that new Sniper Fro. It's my XC weapon. I'll be riding that at the upcoming Hidden Vale Epic this weekend. And I love the Taser, making rides farther, faster. The Taser is the uh, leading in enduro e-biking. And if you haven't got an e-bike, I recommend you get one. Um, Steve Mathis Pulpamex, the leader in Moto Podcast, he rises intense, so so should you. Also, Rhino Power. If you ha- aren't using Rhino Power, you need to be using Rhino Power, especially for those long bike rides and motos. Um, Christian Craig uses Rhino Power current and new, and you know, second time around crowned pro motocross lights champion Jet Lawrence and Hunter Lawrence use Rhino Power. Um, yeah, choice of champions, really. Nutrition of Moto. Use Sleater 15 for 15% off all your Rhino Power needs globally. Um, very stoked. My wife supports Rhino Power here, does a lot of stuff for them here, manages their athletes, and she uh, she's looking for more athletes. If you want support, DM the Rhino Power AU Instagram or even the uh, one in the States, and they'll get you taken care of. 
So yeah, let's dive into it, man. What a what a weekend we had. Pro motocross. We had some ISDE. We had um, the last round of World Cup downhill mountain biking. But before I get into that, I wanted to share something kind of personal with everyone. It's kind of interesting. Been thinking about it. My journey on two wheels. My journey in business. I'm 42 year old Caucasian male. Family of four. Soon to be family of five. The new baby on the way anytime Sarah and I and the boys are in the danger zone of getting ready to have that new baby boy. But as I've gone through this journey, um, last weekend I made a Facebook post about my thoughts on the pro motocross being cut five minutes. And I wanted to kind of, I wouldn't say clear the air, but talk about why I made that post. You know, in 2011, we lost a rider in the name of Josh Lichtel, who was an up-and-coming star at a period of time in his career. And um, when he passed away, unfortunately, the career wasn't going the same trajectory. That doesn't really have any bearing on what I'm saying. just want to get clear. He wasn't, you know, the next big thing at the time. But there's periods of his career as an amateur. He was absolutely ridiculous in the class he was racing. But unfortunate redbud, Josh Lichtel passed away of heat stroke. And last weekend, four days prior to the Paula Motocross, the Pro Motocross Association, or AMA, um, said they were going to cut the motos by five minutes to allow um, the riders to be safer. You know, I went on Facebook, and as you know, you go on Facebook or social media or Instagram, any type of social media, and you put your comment out there. That's your opinion. That's your comment. Don't, Don't be upset if someone attacks you or shares it because you put it out there you've put it out there for someone you didn't tell your wife in your private home where you know no one can have the opinion you've done this on a social platform for the world to see it can be shared screenshotted whatever what i shared was the fact that i didn't like the fact that the organizations put out a statement four days prior to an event that projected weather was supposed to be in triple digits of 100 plus degree heat at Paula Raceway. Paula is in a canyon in North County, North San Diego County that typically that doesn't see that type of heat but a couple times a year. <clears throat> Never mind that. The weather could have changed the two days before. Weather's weather. What my point is, a rider is trained and conditioned for weather. A tr- ride is trained and conditioned for what they're supposed to do. Five minutes doesn't make it that much safer in my opinion you as a rider and athlete you have to listen to your body you have to condition yourself prior to the event you have to condition your mind and soul during the event to make sure you can last as long as you need for the heat so a certain photographer media contributor pretty much attacked me on my facebook page but i put it out there i took it judged my credentials as a rider judged the amount of ama points i scored and why my my feedback wasn't relevant and he continued to attack the fact that he thought that I didn't try my best during my career and I just want to clear the air I wasn't the fastest rider in the world I'm a true enthusiast and fan I didn't hit every national on the circuit I love the sport I didn't score the most points ever I didn't race complete outdoor series and complete complete supercross series 
The reason why, I was a test rider. I was paid by KTM. I had a unicorn of a job to develop motorcycles. I wasn't paid to race because I wasn't fast enough. But throughout my career and into my vet stage of life, I got smarter. I got faster. I enjoy fitness. I enjoy taking care of my body. And I've learned a lot as an enthusiast. And I feel that I had a choice to make an opinion about weather because I feel riders and athletes of all sports Knowing conditions, knowing heat, knowing cold, knowing length of time should be ready and be smart enough to manage their body and tactically support the day's task. In Eli Tomac and Chase Sexton's position, five point or two points separate them, two motors to go. This could have been something where they strategize their intake of salt, intake of hydration, um, rest, Everything comes down to those two motos. We didn't get to see it like that due to some mistakes by Chase Sexton, but I want to be clear. It's not about the heat or about the rider safety. I don't want riders to die. People accuse me that I, how many, you know, that certain photographer, uh, photographer and media source said I, how many bodies at an NDT die before they, you know, someone was better. I don't want to see any riders get hurt ever. I, my point is that we should never make a, you know, a quick reaction to protecting something when it's up to the athlete or person to have accountability, right? If you made a 200-foot double on a track, that's possible to jump. We're not making them jump that. It's their choice to. Is it the risk versus the reward? Yes, at some point we have to make tracks safe, but we have to leave up to choice, not guard and protect and be in perfect world, in my opinion. So... To those who saw my Facebook post, thanks for the support. Jeff Ward made a post. Jeff Ward is an icon, someone I look up to heavily um, on and off the bike. He's, you know, there's some people that had my back, but never mind the fact that that guy that, you know, not going to mention his name, photographer, media person that decided to attack my character and my will and what I did in the sport, which is not that much from a tangible result, but I think I've paid my moto tax as a you know, in the industry to have an opinion. Um, and if you, the four people that are listening to this podcast might like it or not, but it's just information I like to share. It helps me mentally. So, um, yeah, I just want to clear the air. I feel riders and athletes should be able to prepare their body for circumstances and um, weather and all sorts. So for those who saw my post, thanks for the support. For the guy that, you know, lit me up, you're now blocked. And I'll and I'm, I'm talking about it because it did affect me a little bit. It affected the fact that my point was that you know we we can't just protect everyone. People have to do accountability for their lack of preparation. People who should be prepared for those conditions. So that's my you know starting off this with this rant. Um, second of all, I had this little thing I wanted to talk about about um, how I feel as a you know going in my professional career um, off the bike bicycle moto off the track um that transition of you know working as a test rider for 30 you know 37 38 years transition to startup businesses now working with intense cycles and mx store um and i did a lot of consulting from my early 20s as a product development guy um getting in my 40s now i had this very unique feeling um and still do that you know as a rate moto guy, as a moto frother, as you might want to call it, that you aren't looked up to as a standard as like a triathlete, right? People 
don't see you like a marathon runner. You know, the guy trying to run a company, uh, you know, $100 million company or $10 million company or whatever the volume of net profit is, doesn't really matter. It's just a successful company. People look at CEOs and when they do marathons and triathlons, they think, wow, look at that guy, their dedication. That's a form of dedication, a form of commitment, a form of never quit. But I just don't feel like Moto gets that same thing. You know, if a CEO is out there racing Moto and dedicating to Loretta Lins or dedicated himself to a vet national, they they get that feeling, right? Um, they get that, that same aura of, oh, man, my CEO races Moto and is... That's so gnarly. I feel you look at people look at guys like and gals that race moto as like a bit of a oh man, they're dangerous, they're reckless. This is silly. So at the last round of the Oz Pro Max, I raced the you know Vet Forty class, and I don't know if I mentioned on the last podcast, I was stoked to come away at the Australian National Championship, and through the paddock, I was riding through and. I saw Lee Hogan, a multi-time Oz champion, and Danny Ham, multi-time Oz champion, and they're um, you know, the, the media for the Ospro Max and other events, and they're both amazing guys that are coaches as well. And as I rode through the pits, I see them looking at me, and I'm like, man, do those guys look at me and go, why is this guy doing this? He has some, a great family. He has, you know, he did cool things in the sport. Why is he still racing? Why can't he just hang it up? And I felt that as I rode through that. I'm like, man, they're probably thinking I'm a coot because I'm out here. And why is that? Why do I feel that, or and do you feel as listeners that people judge you as that you? Why are you still doing this? And you know, am I, do people think I'm chasing trophies? And do people think that I'm, you know, um, trying to get insta famous for winning vet titles or vet races? And the reality is, I, I that's my insecurity because I called Lee Hogan about a project. Um, for Wreckers the Checkers about possibly test riding some of our bikes we're building. And I was telling him my insecurity. And I was like, man, Lee, this is how I feel. Like I just told you guys. He's like, man, that's your insecurity. Me and Danny looked at you and we're like, man, dude, you're riding so good at your age with all you're doing, you know, family and this and that. And I just want to tell Lee, thank you. I needed that, you know. Um, for those of you that are out there who are out riding and racing, keep doing it. You inspire me. Um, and I hope I inspire others to ride. I love riding. I love racing more than riding. I love the challenge. I love rough tracks. I'm a bit of a meathead, if you know me. I love to suffer. So that was what I wanted to share. I just wanted to share a little personal journey, and, and I'm going to work on sharing more because I'm not perfect. I have a lot of insecurities. I try to be better in my journey in life and, and going through that. So it's very important for me to kind of download that information to get it off my chest um, to maybe help someone else who's going through the same thing because that, that's important to me is get out and ride, get out and, and do something that makes you feel alive because it can make you inspire others. And um, I hope the, the the world thinks of moto riders like they think of triathletes and endurance athletes in that certain space because we know how hard and, and tough moto is as a sport. So, yeah, that's that's my little personal rant and personal journey that I was going through. But I wanted, before I get into the other stuff, I just wanted to share that with you. And, um, yeah, let's talk about Wreckers the Checkers Season 2. It's been gone off with a bang, some amazing stuff going on. Episode 3, I believe, yes, 3 is coming out tomorrow. And, man, it is 
a, a doozy. You got to check it out. It's been an uh, amazing journey so far. The bike, the parts have been shipped out. Um, we're waiting on parts. Mick Max got MXRP doing his thing. Nige is building the motor in in house. Um, trying to save some money. The game's getting the plot's getting thicker, and the game is going. But you know, this series wouldn't be possible without the sponsors like Muck Off and Motorax. They've really stepped up Red Bull to provide a platform for us to have fun and build some amazing bikes. And um, can't wait for you to see them. They're coming along. Parts are out there. Frames are being scrubbed. Parts are being ordered. The teams, the banter's coming. Guy Streeter and Robbie are uh, getting after it behind the lens and in the editing room trying to produce a product that you all can enjoy. So tomorrow it goes live. Check it out. It'll be a good one. Um, and make sure you know you use hashtag wreckers to checkers on your project because the MX store is giving away some amazing product. A year supply of muck off. A year supply of Motorex and a select amount of tires for the best before and after photos of your own personal record. So get on Instagram, use hashtag Wreckers the Checkers on your before and afters to enter to win the year supply of Muckoff, Motorex, and a select amount of Maxxis tires for your bike. So it's been a fun journey, but make sure you do use those hashtags so you can follow. We can follow along your journey. And we can continue to grow this series. It's been a lot of fun. So jumping into Pro Motocross. Wow, what a weekend it was. Um, Jet Lawrence did Jet Lawrence things. First moto, um, Hunter Lawrence and Jet Joe Shimoda were the ones trying to get that second overall. And Jet made it pretty easy for himself getting out front, controlling the race. Paula looked hot. Like I said earlier, it looked hot. Um, I didn't. I wasn't feeling it watching at home, but Jet was on fire, not because of the heat, just because he's riding that well. And um, Joe Shimoda was kind of responding. He was there. He was there. But J uh, Hunter Lawrence came through the pack, worked through some riders, got to him, passed, uh, passed Justin Cooper with ease and a few others, got to Shimoda and couldn't make the pass as the track was one line and uh you know it, it wasn't happening for him he wasn't getting by him and um two laps to go or i should say lap and a quarter to go he went by uh went into joe relatively hard on one of the downhills at at uh paula and you know what it was a very aggressive pass overly aggressive no it was for a rather large bonus for pride and he committed for that pass early. Joe just didn't see it coming, and he luckily he didn't get hurt. I know these guys are all friends, but I commend both of them. First of all, I commend Hunter for leaving it on the track, racing forward, aggressive pass. He left his friendship behind and, and, and showed what gritty moto was in the heat. Jet, in that moment, was doing Jet things winning. Didn't check didn't look, which is good, you know, if you're a trainer or a dad, you don't want to look back. But he should have let Hunter by um, to give him those points for that second overall, which he didn't. So it went Jet 1, uh, P1, um, Hunter P2. Shimoto ended up getting back up, but uh, Cooper, Justin Cooper got back by him for P3, and Shimoto came back fourth a little bit rattled. Second moto, um, Man, Shimoda just put the middle finger in the air. And Hunter got another shit start. And um, Jet did Jet things, managed his race to win the title. And 
But Shimoda put 30 seconds or 23 seconds into the group and just stamped it that he was the second best in that series. And, you know, MX Store supports the Lawrence brothers, so I get to be along the journey at a small, small level working with their agent, Lucas Myrtle. And, man, coming the journey they've had and what they've done is amazing. But to see Joe Shimoda come in there, another Myrtle rider (laughs) under his tutelage of agency, Shimoda stamped it, left the series a lot of confidence. Um, Hunter, a little defeated, I'm sure, but overall, what a great series those um, uh, lights guys put on. Uh, one thing I want to touch on with lights is you know, you had Australia, um, Australia, France, and America battling in the M- in the lights class at one time. Marvin, who absolutely was ripping the first moto, faded a little bit, but was ripping coming off the couch, you know, in the heat and whatnot. Not not callous, not really ready, but showed speed. The weakest link in the lights class was USA, Australia, then France, and then America. So that's something to look for in, in, in the destinations is, you know, Hunter was faster than Cooper, Hunter was faster than Marvin. Can they change the narrative come the couple week, three weeks in Redbud? A um, couple of talking points. I touched on Marvin Muskan. So rad that KTM supported him getting on the bike um, to get ready for the destinations. We need guys like, I say destinations, it's the MX of Nations now, but getting him prepped for uh, that race and having a star like that in that class. Um, but I, the, uh, the highlight, the couple of highlights, I'm a big Carson Mumford fan. He rode great with a top 10 overall. was up front, good starts. Twisted Development has those Suzuki's ribbing. The other one is Hayden Deegan, top 10 overall, or top 10 second moto, chasing Marvin down. Stamp it. He's legit. Let's get over it. Let the kid race. He had a massive crash at Ironman doing rookie things. Got up. Didn't break himself. I don't know how. He's tough as nails. Came back, put it behind him, and rode the wheels off the bike and did really well. So um, those are some some highlights of the that I take away from watching it on TV. Um, Chance Hymas, um, we watched on TV that um, Hayden going by him, his first pro race. Tough pro race, hot, rough track, nasty. That track just was destroyed. That that was the typical Paula kind of conditions. Been there a lot like that. Um, Roglin Helen a lot like that. California just, you can't keep the moisture in the dirt in the summer. Gets that hard base, just shit conditions and it's nothing fun. It's just survival. And and Hymas made his pro debut, um, and yeah, uh, I think it was it was good. Nothing flash, nothing bad. Um, but I think the new crop of De Francesco, Hymas, Deegan, um, ones that I'm concerned with LeBlanc, Talon Hawkins has has proved me wrong a little bit and, and worked his way up kind of silently. Haven't hasn't gotten good starts like other rookies, but I think Talon Hawkins is one to look out for. I said my piece about him on Gypsy Tales, but he's kind of proven me otherwise. Um, and and hats off to him for and 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 I think he's riding for Rockstar Husky next year. So um, yeah, the up and coming group for 23 in the lights class is looking fast. Um, On to the you know Tomac Sexton battle. What can you say, Sexton? Foot slipping off was the beginning of the end. You know, he, he got in a funk with Lappers in Moto 1. Tomac ended up getting him, he, and I just don't know what it was in that funk. You know, he still had a chance second moto, and, and he, he had the had the start on Tomac, and I think it's that slip of the foot, that crash, and then it just all fell apart from there. And not much else to talk about. Tomac was the best guy overall. Um, Sexton, 
was more than impressive. A one-minute lead over these guys, both of them in the, in the second moto, over third, just goes to show you the level they've ridden at, the hum- humility that Tomac gave Tomac at the end of the race, the frustration that you saw with Sexton, obvious. But as a fan, as a student, what can you say other than that those guys absolutely put on a show for us this summer? Thank you, Chase Sexton. Thank you, Eli Tomac. Thank you to your teams, the series, for putting something together for us to be on the edge of our seat to the last moto. Um, Sexton, as Tomac says, Sexton is the changing of the guard in the 450 motocross, as that was Tomac's last season um, before his supercross only. So, real exciting, real exciting times to be had. Um, I watched a little bit of, uh, yeah, so thanks, overall, thank you to, uh, before I move on, thank you to the, um, all the riders that can, that um, sacrificed and, and went through the pro motocross series and the people that put it on, the, the MX Sports team, anyone involved, I know there's TV problems, this, that, and so forth, but the show went on, we got to be, you know, entertained, we got a lot to talk about, a lot to watch, and I personally, We'll always love Moto, um, and uh, yeah, what what a great series to say the least. Um, let's let let's see what the silly season brings us, and then obviously MX of Nations will be some big talking points coming up with that. With you know us having a great team with Tomac, Sexton, Cooper. I think Cooper for sure is the weakest link. Can he get out of the funk? Can Jet Lawrence hang with those guys? Make Bitch Evans, you know, not fall on the ground. And, and hurt himself almost like he did at the last round in Turkey MXGP. So, yeah, lot, lots to talk about, um, you know, coming from MX Nation. But moving on, MXGP, Tom Vial wraps up a uh, um, MX2 title. Yago Geertz just, God, choked. He choked. He had, you know, five motos, a race lead, and he let it slip away. Last moto was gnarly with them both crashing and, championship up, you know, Yago hits Vial's bike, and I mean, you just get a feel for the guy, but Vial leaves the MX2 with a title, and um, on to the U.S., that's pretty exciting, and uh, you know, um, MX1, you know, guys are, you know, the usuals, that series is wrapped up, so I, I think, you know, you're going to see, you know, what's going to happen when Hurlings comes back next year, can he be Geyser and you know uh, this that and so forth I'm a Mitch Evans fan um he had a massive crash I'm looking for him to rebound from that for MX of Nations he's out of a ride with HRC and uh for next year we'll see where he lands but he showed speed finally he's getting his body looked after um Roman Fever he 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 rode well it's great to see him back on top um Prado seems to be in a funk and I don't know if it's just because the title's wrapped up guys are just trying to get through it but yeah, Turkey looked a lot like Lake Elsinore as far as conditions. Didn't look that fun. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of it. I'm not a, a huge uh, MotoGP uh, MXGP specialist, but I do enjoy watching it. So, you know, like I said, this is my Two Life podcast. I share with you some personal stuff about me. This is a a, a, a me talking to you, the audience. And and like I said, I love to talk moto. Um, I feel that this helps me decompress some of my feelings and opinions on a platform that's my own. I do it for myself. These people that sponsor this podcast are just really friends. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. I, I, I really enjoyed this, 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 these uh, kind of counseling sessions to myself and you. Um, 
I am this weekend. I'm going to be uh, racing the Hidden Vale Epic um, um, out in the Spicer's Retreat, just uh, west of the Gold Coast. Uh, 55k. I'll be doing the 55 kilometer race um, on my intense sniper fro. There's a hundred kilometer. I plan and simply just don't want to be out there all day. I've kind of put a lot of time in. Um, yeah, and I don't want to be gone all day just in case Sarah has that baby. I need to get there. She goes in labor with this baby. So, yep, I'm going to be on two wheels this weekend as I try to do each and every weekend at some capacity. Mason, my oldest, who's the moto head, he still has a broken foot from a turn uh, turn track incident where he caught his foot under the peg. And I'll be watching uh, Noah's last soccer game, who's my soccer stud. So a lot going on, trying to stay busy as usual. Um, but, yeah, two things to look for. Find your own peace in why you ride, because I'm working on it myself. And don't let people feel that you shouldn't or should ride. Call me crazy, that's me. And second of all, tune into the MX Store's Wreckers of Checkers Season 2. Another episode dropping tomorrow. And uh, enjoy, man. Thanks for tuning into the My Two Wheel Life podcast. Thanks for listening to me rant. Thanks for me getting stuff off my chest and my opinion on what's happening in uh, the world of two wheels. Until then, cheers. Cheers.